This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, and this is The Full Story. It never ends, does it, these virus issues? So this, the, the government's announcing they're bringing 450,000 monkeypox vaccines into the country and saying they are being world-leading in doing so. Australia is rolling out a monkeypox vaccine. This comes after Australia's chief medical officer declared the virus a communicable disease incident of national significance in late July. So far, there's been more than 100 cases of monkeypox recorded across the country, the majority of those in New South Wales and Victoria. And while most of those infected acquired it overseas in places like Europe and the UK, there has been local transmission of the virus as well. So, what is monkeypox? And now that it's spreading in Australia, what is our plan to contain it? Today, how Australia is dealing with monkeypox. It's Tuesday, the 30th of August. So Donna, we've got you in once again to talk about a virus that's spreading around the world. Did you expect to be talking about a a globally spreading virus again so soon? Not this soon, to be honest. Donna Liu is Guardian Australia's science reporter. It's always in the back of your mind, I think, that the potential for for new infectious diseases to to spread and take over. But um, unfortunately, it's, it's sooner rather than later. When you say your mind, you mean your mind as a science reporter. I don't think everyone's necessarily thinking about this all the time. Yeah, hopefully it's not keeping everyone else up at night. <laughs> so we're talking about monkeypox. Donna, what is monkeypox? Monkeypox is a virus which was first discovered in monkeys in 1958. And it's related to other pox viruses like smallpox and cowpox. It can lead to flu-like symptoms like fever, headaches, chills, and can cause a rash that might look like pimples or blisters or, or sores. And these lesions usually occur on the face before spreading to other parts of the body, so places like the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. Uh, but in this latest outbreak, it's also being seen, especially on the genital and perianal regions of people who have it. Uh, but it's possible to only develop a, a couple of sores. Right. I have seen reporting that people can have as little as one sore, which means people might have to be pretty vigilant on, on the lookout for these sores. Is that right? Definitely. It's um, it's really variable in people. And for some people, there may be multiple very visible sores that kind of look like chickenpox. Um, but for other people, it can be as little as one or two. How long have we known about monkeypox? And when did this latest outbreak start? So the first case of monkeypox anywhere was recorded in 1970 in the Democratic Republic of the Congo in Central Africa, uh, and that was during intense efforts to find and eliminate smallpox. There are two different strains which have been spreading in African countries for the last decade. So when it appears outside of Africa, it's because someone has travelled to a region where the virus is endemic. One strain, a Central African strain, has a mortality rate of about 10.6%. And the other is a West African strain, which has a much lower mortality rate of between 1% and 3.6%. And in May this year, we started seeing this latter lower mortality strain uh, spreading in Western countries like the US, the UK and Australia. And increasingly, we started seeing monkeypox in people who hadn't travelled overseas before they got diagnosed, uh, which meant that the virus was now spreading locally. Mm. 
Back in May, the WHO's European chief, Hans Kluger, said he was concerned about the virus spreading at mass gatherings, festivals and parties over summer. So we we know that the global rise in cases coincided with Pride events in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, where there were uh, large parties and travellers from across the globe. And in August... I have decided that the global monkeypox outbreak represents a public health emergency of international concern. The WHO declared monkeypox a global health emergency like COVID-19. I thank the emergency committee for its deliberations and advice. I know this has not been an easy or straightforward process. In Australia, we haven't seen the case numbers um, quite as high as in places like Europe where they're in the the thousands, um, but it is spreading here. So Donna, I know that most of the people with monkeypox in Australia are young. They're aged between 21 and 40, and they're also gay or bisexual men who have sex with other men. So what do we know about how this spreads? It's important to emphasise that monkeypox isn't strictly a sexually transmitted infection. It's spread through close contact, and that can be skin to skin with someone who's infectious, um, but also through contact with respiratory secretions or surfaces or objects that have been used by someone who has monkeypox, although that's less common than, than skin to skin contact. And Australia's Chief Medical Officer, Professor Paul Kelly, says that infectious skin sores are the likely mode of transmission. So physical contact with an infected person during sexual intercourse carries a significant risk of transmission, um, but so does other intimate physical contact like hugging and kissing, um, rubbing up against someone else. And since it spreads from skin-to-skin contact, condoms are not effective at stopping infection. Right. So if you're around someone who has been diagnosed with monkeypox, you know, it's less likely that you're going to pick it up from touching the same cereal box. It is you actually physically being in contact with them and and maybe their lesions as well. Is that right to say, Donna? Yeah. The vast majority of cases that have been reported to date have been through that close skin-to-skin transmission. The WHO estimates that around 84% of transmission events have involved a sexual encounter, but it also says it's unclear at this stage whether sexual transmission via semen and vaginal fluid occurs. And there's research that's currently underway looking into this. So Donna, this virus is spreading locally in Australia and we've seen more than 100 cases so far. How concerned should we be about monkeypox here? So Professor Kelly says we should be alert to it, but not alarmed. Um, If you compare it to, say, uh, COVID-19, it's far less transmissible and there have been far fewer deaths outside of endemic regions in Africa reported so far. Mm. And what about the severity of this virus? I mean, is it similar to COVID where some people may not even know that they have it and for others it's deadly? What is that kind of range like? It is possible to get infected and be completely asymptomatic. Um, but for most people, uh, it, it often starts with flu-like symptoms first, so fever, headaches, muscle pains, followed by a rash. For others, it's the other way around. Some only report uh, a couple of lesions, which are not too painful. But we have also heard first-hand reports of um, what more severe symptoms are like, including very painful lesions. One person in New York told The Guardian about his particularly harrowing experience with monkeypox. He said that he had over 50 lesions on his face, arms, legs, hands, 
um, torso and back. And at one point he said the lesions near his anus, which were already very painful, turned into wounds. He said it felt like he had three tears right next to each other, which were absolutely excruciating. He said, I quote, I would literally scream out loud when I went to the bathroom. Even keeping the area clean, like washing myself, was extremely painful. It was a two-hour process each time. And we've heard many similar reports like this. So while it can be mild, it can also be incredibly painful. Right. So it's not a threat on the level of COVID. It does seem to be less deadly and less transmissible. But from what you've just said, it's it's definitely a concern and one that health authorities want us to be alert to. So how are we looking to contain the spread in Australia? And do we have a vaccine? Yes, we do. Um, the one that is preferred in Australia is called um, Gineos or Gineos. It's a third generation vaccine for smallpox. And it also works for monkeypox because the two viruses are related. This monkeypox vaccine comes in two doses and they're administered at least 28 days apart. Um, they're also safe for people who are immunocompromised. This particular vaccine has been approved um, for use against smallpox and monkeypox in the US, Canada, in the EU for a number of years now, but it hasn't actually been assessed by Australia's medicines regulator, the Therapeutic Goods Administration. Instead, it's been made available for emergency use in Australia in response to this latest outbreak. Right, so we're further behind some other countries when it comes to vaccines. Can you tell me about Australia's vaccine rollout generally? How is it going? Vaccines for monkeypox uh, just started to be administered here in Australia a few weeks ago. Health authorities say that so far a few thousand doses have arrived in Victoria and New South Wales as part of its first phase of the rollout. Overall, the federal government has ordered 450,000 doses, but only 100,000 of these will arrive in Australia this year. We're expecting another 350,000 doses to arrive early next year. In general, Australia's rollout is much more limited than other countries. Janaeus is not yet officially registered for use here and it's only been given to certain groups at this stage. So who is eligible for the monkeypox vaccine in Australia, Donna? At the moment, because we have such limited supply, we're targeting groups at higher risk of exposure. In um, various states, it's only available to high-risk close contacts of monkeypox cases, um, lab workers who analyse monkeypox virus specimens, and certain men, both cis and trans, who have sex with other men. This includes people living with HIV, who attend sex on-premises venues, or who are planning to travel um, overseas to North America or Europe and engage in sexual practices there before um, the 31st of October. Additionally, sex workers who engage with any of these groups of people are also eligible for the vaccine. Right. So this vaccine has been around for a number of years overseas and other countries have been stockpiling it. Why wasn't Australia similarly prepared for an outbreak of monkeypox? It kind of comes down to luck. It's quite hard to predict perfectly um, what viruses are on the horizon, as COVID has shown. You know, every Mm. new virus could be the virus that spreads widely. And it's quite expensive not only to procure vaccines, but to stockpile them, um, particularly if you don't end up needing them. So it's a really delicate balance. Virus academics and people who have been watching monkeypox and other viruses say they've been warning about the huge risk of an outbreak for years. Right. So what led to some countries and not others heeding that warning? 
I spoke to Professor David Shark, who is head of immunology and infectious diseases at the Australian National University. And he told me that other countries like the US had started stockpiling these types of vaccines actually in the mid, early to mid 2000s. And this was after 9-11. And at the time, there was quite a lot of concern about the risk of bioterrorism threats. You know, this was at, the, at a time when anthrax um, was being sent in the mail. Anthrax is, it's caused by this, it's not a virus, but it's caused by bacteria and it can cause, you know, really serious infectious disease. So there was quite a lot of heightened concern about biosecurity. And interestingly, um, the stockpiling of these vaccines wasn't even in preparation for monkeypox, but for a potential smallpox threat, which is far more deadly. And it just so happens now that they can be used against both viruses. Mm, So it's a bit of a lucky coincidence that places like the US actually had vaccines ready to go. Exactly. And the timing wasn't even ideal. The US ended up having, I think it was in the vicinity of 20 plus million um, of these vaccines that could have been used against monkeypox, but they ended up expiring a few years before this latest outbreak even started. Next, Donna Liu discusses how we're dealing with a global monkeypox vaccine shortage. And a health expert talks about how we're getting the monkeypox message out. So do we have enough vaccines, both in Australia and worldwide, to contain the spread of monkeypox, Donna? The WHO has warned about the limited availability of monkeypox vaccines, and they've estimated that there are about 16 million Janeos doses available globally. And uh, one thing is that there's only one manufacturer of this vaccine in the world. It's a Danish biotech company. And unfortunately, as timing would have it, as part of a planned expansion, um, the firm had shut its bulk manufacturing facility last August, and it only reopened uh, earlier this month. But by all accounts, there's really high demand for the vaccine, both globally and in Australia. I spoke to one central Melbourne GP who started administering the vaccine early this month, and he said his waiting list for the vaccine is about 200 people right now. And and given that there's only one manufacturer, there's a concern that with this current shortage of vaccines, there'll also be vaccine inequity issues globally, just like we saw with COVID-19 vaccines. Mm. So there is limited supply and it's pretty hard to speed up that supply now that we need it. How worried should we be about that, Donna? Well, there are a few things to consider. Uh, In other countries where we've seen um, similar struggles with demand, um, what they have done is to try and stretch the limited supplies. So, for example, in um, the US, the Food and Drug Administration has approved a a lower dose vaccine um, and a pilot is underway in the UK as well. So depending on availability, this is perhaps something that Australia could consider too. And while demand for the vaccine is high, the WHO's latest advice released uh, just last week is that mass vaccination isn't required for monkeypox right now. Mm. So their guidance is that controlling the global outbreak should focus on vaccinating communities at the highest risk of exposure and public health measures like contact tracing and isolation um, to prevent spread are really important too. Right, because this is 
not COVID. It is less transmissible. So that type of mass vaccination may not be as urgent as we've seen with COVID. You can target it and maybe hopefully contain it. Is that the idea there, Donna? Exactly. And and what's so um, important as part of containing monkeypox is public health messaging. Um, It's, you know, it's vital to prevent the spread in the first place. And in Australia, a number of LGBTQI health advocacy groups who who are distributing vaccines right now are also taking on the responsibility of getting the message out to their communities. Great. So easy first question. Can you just um, tell me your name, your role, and um, tell me about what you do and your expertise? Okay. So my name is Colin Petruni. I'm the Director of Health Promotion Policy and Communications at Thorn Harbour Health. Thorn Harbour Health in Melbourne is an LGBTIQ plus community controlled organisation. And it's on the front line of Australia's monkeypox response, coordinating vaccines and educating the community. So at the moment, Uh, We're providing vaccines to our clinics, uh, both uh, here in Abbotsford and in uh, St Kilda. There will come a time in the not-too-distant future when we're going to be able to provide outreach clinics to sex-on-premises venues and various other places where uh, gay people might congregate. And we're also working with the Department of Health, looking at various ways in which we might be able to um, facilitate vaccine availability in regional Victoria. Colin says that so far he's seen pretty high awareness of monkeypox in the queer community and very little vaccine hesitancy. We've certainly had a huge uh, number of community people coming forward for vaccination that we don't have anything like vaccine hesitancy related to monkeypox. We might have seen that in the early days of COVID, but we're certainly not seeing it in relation to this particular disease. The community are incredibly motivated and mobilised around vaccine uh, availability and, and uptake. And this is really good news. Colin says one of the biggest threats to containing the virus in Australia is stigma, both around the virus and around the queer community. I don't think I need to remind listeners of the podcast, in the dim, dark days of the HIV and AIDS epidemic, it was characterised as a gay plague, and that was particularly stigmatising. He saw firsthand how stigma during the AIDS crisis in the 80s and 90s made it difficult for people to seek help and delayed the government's response. And we get, I guess, very concerned about that sort of language, not because we're thin-skinned, but because that sort of language forces people not to seek medical advice or medical treatment when they need it. That sort of stigmatising language means that um, it's actually an aid to further transmissions because people don't seek prevention, people don't seek um, medical advice. So it's incredibly and profoundly unhelpful. But Colin says things are very different now. He's seen very little stigma around monkeypox so far and health bodies like his are much more common and better resourced. In 1985, I did my first uh, ever social marketing intervention for HIV, which was basically a sticker that said, AIDS is real, use condoms. And that was stuck on urinals at um, sex on premises venues, right? So that was the only thing we had at our disposal then with very limited kind of gay community media. And that was sort of like hard copy kind of um, news magazines that would come out either weekly or fortnightly and in some instances monthly. 
Now, in 2022, with the vast array of digital media that we have at our disposal, we uh, immediately went into kind of action mode and, um, and implemented a strategy of digital media that went out within days, uh, social media tiles, but also uh, going out to gay dating apps like um, Grindr and Scruff and those sorts of platforms as well. Now, we know that vaccines are just one part of our kind of arsenal in stopping the spread of any virus. The World Health Organization's Director General has suggested that gay and bisexual men should consider lowering the number of sexual partners they have. What do you make of this? Well, I think at this time, it may be advisable for people to, at the very least, know the people that they're having sex with. And, of course, that's going to be very important um, if anybody is displaying symptoms and, and in relation to contact tracing going forward. There are other ways in which people can kind of look at kind of protecting themselves against the acquisition or onward transmission of monkeypox. For instance, you know, we're advising people at the moment to uh, don't swap spit or fluids. I'm sorry if this is getting a bit graphic for your listeners, <laughs> um, but, you know, we do work in this space, so we do have to go there. No, it's all good. Yeah, uh, limit skin-to-skin contact and to look out for any kind of signs or symptoms of, of monkeypox on potential sexual partners, so looking for kind of lesions. The other thing that, that pe- we're asking people to consider is um, as with when when COVID was so active in the community, create a kind of sex bubble of people that you know and to swap contact details. As I said before, that's very important in relation to contact tracing. Mm. You know, basic things like don't share sex toys and, and so forth. I mean, this is pretty standard prevention advice that we've used for years and years and years. So Donna, we've seen with COVID that Australia has fared better than other countries. We have fairly high vaccination rates. We also have the sheer fact that we're a bit more isolated as a country than other countries and a stronger health system than than many other countries around the world. How well-placed are we to handle an outbreak of monkeypox going forward? So in the short term, cases are expected to rise in Australia with the warmer months ahead. There will be more people out and about and uh, with more skin exposed, which could lead to greater spread. But overall, we have a lot of things in our favour for beating this outbreak. Australia has low vaccine hesitancy rates. Our health authorities have also responded and identified this virus as a health risk pretty early on. And unlike COVID, we won't need to vaccinate the majority of the population. Um, It's going to be targeted and a much more achievable vaccination effort. So there are positive signs we'll be able to contain this outbreak, um, provided that people keep getting vaccinated and also that the public health messaging stays strong and consistent. I think there is a window of opportunity in Australia to actually contain this new virus but it will close very quickly if we start seeing unrelated infections happening in the community. And the only way really to avoid that is to make sure that we get enough vaccine into people. That was Colin Petrini from Thorn Harbour Health and Donna Liu, a science reporter at Guardian Australia. Donna has written quite a few useful explainers on monkeypox and the vaccine. You can find them at theguardian.com and we've also linked to them on the full story page as well. This episode was produced by Jane Lee and Joey Watson. Sound design and mixing by Joe Coning. 
The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Matnioni, Gabrielle Jackson, Molly Glassie, and me, Laura Murphy-Oates. Okay, catch you tomorrow.